On several occasions now, Professor Peasley has made comments about some kind of quantum anomaly. Not exactly the sort of thing you expect a professor of political economics to know about. So maybe I shouldn't be surprised to learn that he has something in common with the most famous quantum anomaly. He's both dead and alive at the same time. On top of that, the good doctor seems to have the ability to hack the phone lines. And don't think I didn't notice how he knew that Javier gave me something without me telling him about it. Sooner or later, I'm getting to have to confront him about what he's really up to. For now, though, it's time to look into what just might be the Petaluma branch of the Great Narcotic Library. You're listening to The Redacted Reports, a Delta Green podcast. When we last left our friend River, he had made a trip to the town of Petaluma, California, to visit the free public library of Petaluma. He made the walk up the stairs and then felt like he passed through an electrical field as he broke through the threshold of the columns. Before he was able to enter into the building, he was accosted by a transient fellow holding a switchblade. I'm going to back away a step and kind of hold my hands up halfway and say, okay, okay, I'm, I'm not going in your library, but can you, can you just tell me what... What did I do? Why why can't I go in? You know what you did. You're you're not allowed you're not allowed in. You're a rogue. I I really don't know. They say that you know what you did. I I don't I don't remember anything about it. I I don't think I've ever been to the library. Um you you and he starts he looks physically and visibly confused. But then his eyebrows furrow a bit. He takes on a bit more of an aggressive stance and steps forward to you, making clearly known that he's holding a knife in his hand. It's still low. It's not flashing to everyone, but it's certainly visible to you. I'm going to back away past this place where I felt the static. You back away and you feel the static again in the air, as the same as if you transversed across that threshold. He's still standing there, and when you step across that, he closes the switchblade. And his, his shoulders soften, and he seemed, his stance seems to be much less aggressive. You okay there? Yeah, could, could you spare some change, brother? Yeah, sure. And I'll take out uh, five dollars and uh, toss it to him. Get something good to eat. Uh, th- thank you. God bless. God bless. Thank you. Thank you so much. Picks it up off the ground and kind of heads back to his little hiding area off on the corner of the, the porch of this uh, library. Yeah, I'm going to go back to my car and just sit there for a little while watching to see if there's regular traffic in and out of the library. You see a gaggle of high school kids or middle school kids bound up the stairs and open up the main door of the library and head in. You're able to peek inside the library and it looks like a normal library. You know, high ceilings, pillars inside. You see the stacks of books there. Nothing really out of the ordinary from where you're at. Okay, well, I'm going to take a walk around, see uh, what else there is here. Maybe there's another entrance. You do find a side entrance. It's a handy-capable entrance with a ramp and a glass door. All right, I will approach that. You walk up to it, 
and it opens on its own. Spooky. No, wait, no, that's how automatic doors work. (laughs) I will enter the library. You walk into the library and the smell of the books, the binding, and the glue is strong here. It gives a sense of comfort. It smells like a library. It's fairly quiet in here. You hear some folks walking around. You hear someone give a loud shh in the background. The voices drop. And you see that you're standing next to uh, a reference desk. And a person with uh, purple hair and tattoos is standing behind the, the reference desk. They're dressed in a femme fashion. Hello. Hello. Welcome in. Can I help you with anything? Yes, I was actually wondering, I was interested in learning about the history of this library. Oh, well, this is on the National Register of Historic Places. It is also a museum as well. We've got quite a few collections available. Um, are you looking for the like the architectural, architectural history or just the general history? Oh, just anything out of the ordinary. Oh, we've got quite a bit out of the ordinary. Um, they walk around the desk and uh, head to a shelf, and on, on the bookshelf is a book about the library, the full history of the library. Oh, well. Can you give me any highlights? It has a very large collection, almost nearly 100 years of local historical genealogy architectural research. There's maps, blueprints, newspapers, and yearbooks. Um, There's quite a bit about the indigenous tribe that is known in the area, the Miwok people that live there as well. It was designed and opened up as a Carnegie Free Library for everyone to use. Those are the things that stand out. Now, for those that aren't really interested in libraries, there's not a lot of very neat stuff in there. But... You recognize it was originally opened early in 1906, and some of the names that are associated with early patrons, you find that Murr is in there, who is a fairly common, commonly named uh, philanthropist in the area. Andrew Carnegie was involved, Moeller, Stradling, other names of higher society and architecture. And you also do see the name Nathaniel Wingate Peasley as a patron. You also see Neville K. Brown. Oh, this is interesting. A little bit further on, you see Michael Harris. J. Castillo. These are much finer print names, but they're further along in the patrons, hidden in the fine print. Well, this is fascinating. Wonder if you could help me find if there are any biographies for uh, some of these patrons. I'm sure that we could find them. Which ones were you looking for? Oh, uh, this this Mr. Nathaniel Peasley and and Neville Brown. Let's look them up. And they head behind the reference desk and they go to work typing on a concealed computer. You can't see it. I don't have any biographies, but I do have a couple books that are written by Nathaniel Wingate Peasley and. Neville Brown gets cross-referenced to a few newspapers. Looks like uh, this uh, Brown guy is, uh, he's, uh, he's Australian. We've got a couple of uh, P. 
Peasley's books. I've got one in the, the political section, political science section. I've got another one in, in uh, economics or two more in economics. I could show you where they're at. Oh, might as well take a look at it. Sounds pretty dry, that reading, though. They look at you and, well, some of the, not all the reading is uh, always going to keep you up at night. Some of it puts you to sleep. But I'm glad we're able to, to have these. Oh, I'm, I'm, yes, I'm sure if you're, if you're interested in the subject, they're, they're quite useful. Oh, these are a bit dated, but, you know, hey, always good for research. And they point out where the books are at. Yeah, I just want to take a look at them. Who's the publisher? Arkham Press and Miskatonic University. Definitely heard that name somewhere before. Is there a biography section in them? It's a blurb. Nathaniel Wingate Peasley is a professor of economics at Miskatonic University, 1925. Okay. Well, that doesn't seem to be leading me anywhere. Your phone rings. Oh, who is it? It's an unknown number. The librarian looks you up and down as your phone is ringing, eyes wide, waiting for you to do something. I will uh, answer it and step outside. They smile at you. This is Mikhail Klopper. Ah, Mr. Klopper. Glad to hear from you. Good to hear from you as well. I'm returning your telephone call. Yes, uh, I, I found a business card of yours. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was wondering if you had been in the area. It was in uh, Muir Woods. Yes, I was in Muir Woods. And might I ask what you were doing there? I was enjoying the nature. Ah, did you happen across anyone named Castillo by any chance? I have an employee named Castillo. An employee? Really? Mm-hmm. Why are you asking these things? Mr. Castillo is a friend of mine. Oh. And he, uh, he had a bit of an incident in the woods. Oh? Is he okay? Uh, we think so. But, uh... He's uh, being looked at by a doctor right now to make sure, but he ended up uh, getting lost. Oh, that is not good. But he is he is okay now? Well, I, he's, he's better. He seems to be uh, all right. Good. Were you just calling me to tell me about my employee? Well, I was really calling to ask to see if you have any information on what might have happened to him. I believe that uh, your company has information about the Great Library. We do. Hmm. I am currently at a vineyard north of Merwoods. Would you care to have a tasting and we can discuss this in person? Yes, I think I would. Are you available tomorrow around noon? I can be. Please meet me at the Lagrassi Vineyard. All right, I, I will look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Excellent. We will have some, some lunch and discuss things face to face. I look forward to it. Do be safe until then. I will try my best. Ta-ta. And he hangs up. All right, I will, I will step back inside the library. Okay, you went out the side door, yes? Or did you go out the front door? I went out the side door. Okay. And you head back inside, and it is a... It's not a very large library, but it is a well-appointed library. You don't get any weird feelings. And as, as a player, I'm kind of lost at what else to look for here, but I am going to go back to that uh, list of patrons and 
take a picture of that page. Okay. You snap a picture, and it comes out clear. Well, I hope that sticks around. Maybe I should photocopy it just to be safe. Give me a luck roll. Let's see if you have the uh, nickel for the for the photocopier. Thirty-three. You have you you have some some change in the pocket to get it get the photocopy. Yeah, I'll do that. So you have both a picture and a hard copy of that. Mm-hmm. For whatever that's worth. I'm just gonna spend some time browsing around and see if anything catches my eye. Then you browse through the stacks and. There is a lot of interesting stuff here. You actually do find quite a bit about this area's uh, ecological history. You also find a lot about the farmlands and some industry that's here. This place would be a pretty good, you know, search place for you if you have to find other historical data um, that, you know, your job does not have. Even though you guys have a lot of stuff, not a bad way to, you know, find out more information. When you're wrapping up to leave, a severely dressed woman. She has her blouse button to the very top blouse, has uh, sleeves cuffed down to her wrist, um, and she has a ankle-length denim skirt, mid-fifties, hair drawn back very tight, approaches you quickly, and in a hushed stage whisper, you need to leave. You almost bypass the security. What security? It's a public library. Not that, Michael Harris. What? This is a regular library. It's not your special library. Am I not allowed in any libraries now? You almost completed the labyrinth. What labyrinth? The labyrinth that you are not allowed to cross through to allow you access into the library. Well, tell me how to complete the labyrinth so I can make sure not to do it. Shh! Quietly. All you would have need to do was to complete going through that last final set of pillars. But you are not allowed to do so. Those pillars there? Yes, those there. But do not do that. It is verboten. You set your ravens on me if I do it? You know, Varjeet? What? Never mind. Where are you going? You are not allowed to go there. I'm just standing here. You should leave. All right, all right, I'm leaving. Good, good, good. Shh. I hope you can come back again soon. Whatever. And I'll walk out the side door. Okay, you head out the side door. Go back to my car, and I'm going to search for Nathaniel Peasley's obituary again. You're able to find it. It's identical to what you read before. Okay, so he's, he's still dead at the moment. You get a message from the ranch chat. I don't know much about tectonic plate movement. This first file's measurements of tectonic plate movement for the last 11 million years? Oh, isn't that interesting? I'm gonna look up and see how close the Petaluma Library is to the San Andreas Fault. You do some research and you find that the San Andreas Fault is not close to Petaluma. I mean, it's still in an area that would be affected, obviously, but it is closer to the Rogers Creek Fault, which is a no minor slip strike fault of its own. Well, I mean, tectonic plates are, are kind of a thing around here, and they do move. Um, I'll reply back uh, any particular plates they're looking at. 
in capital letters, all of them. This is compressed data. There is so much information here. This is just a 0.00001% translated. Well, thanks. Let me know if there's anything else interesting. Migration movements of different species, including humans. What other species? Again, in capital letters, all of them. I'll put down... Sahelanthropus chadensis? The reply is Gesundheit. No, is that in there? I know, I know, I'm being a smartass. It's kind of my thing. Yes. Oh, and then dot dot dot. This is interesting. Question mark, question mark, question mark. See, Little, I think you found the missing link. I wouldn't be the first one. Still translating. Lots of stuff here. Well, get me a summary if you get when you have one. You get an emoji of a middle finger. This will take years to go through, but I'm up for it. That's the last message that you get from the ranch. You data dumped onto them a lot of information. Yeah, I might have filtered it down, except I didn't know what was in it. Yeah. Another message pops up with a image of a skull. It's a human-like skull, but very large. Um, it is pronounced. It is overpronounced in the cranial section. Underneath it, it's a Salianthropus chandensis. The next writing underneath it. I think this lists some of their language, at least culturally. I need to find out more. This is some neat shit. Well, I'll follow any leads I have from my end. Don't worry, I'll tell Marion. Marion has some interest in some of this stuff too. And then you see J. Wayne type dot 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 and an angry face. Oh, that Marion. All right, my head is full right now, so I'm gonna drive home. You head home and serendipitously, both you and Jen pull in front of the house at the same time. She parks first, waits for you to park, and then everybody gets out of the cars in the garage. Hi, honey. Have a good day. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good day. Um, we got a bunch of stuff. Mom said, yeah, we can go ahead and order the, the 3D printer. And you see Jen just nod her head back and forth and put her eyes down like, yeah, yeah. Your dad and I will talk about it. Cool. I'll get a couple different models and we can see which one will be best. I've got a couple ideas. Don't worry, I'm responsible. I'm not going to go for the really, really expensive one. Well, you're not paying for it, are you? She smiles and then opens up the door carrying a bunch of bags. We had to get school supplies and she wouldn't shut up about it. And I said, yes, we will talk about it. And it sounds like it's not a bad idea. I didn't say yes. I think she heard yes. Yeah, I didn't say yes either, but you know, I don't think it's a bad idea. I think we could probably swing it. I don't think that would be... It'll make things a little tight, but we might just do a little bit smaller Christmas for her this year. Yeah, she'll understand. Hell, she can make her own Christmas presents. Yep. So she mentioned something that we need to get stuff done in the... And with that, she goes on a conversation about like stuff around the house or things that might need to be done to the shed and basic life planning stuff. You know, family questions. Cool. We will, we will spend the evening talking about family questions then. 
it's a nice normal evening of for the family. Nothing else happens that that day. You know, you go to bed, get some good sleep. Your dreams this night are strange. They aren't pleasant. They aren't memorable when you wake up, but you do wake up with an uneasy feeling, like a, a hollowness in your chest. Uh, I'll just start out the normal morning routine. And head out to Lagrassi? Um, it's not until noon, right? I want to try calling, contacting Wingate Peasley again. Professor Peasley here. Hello, this is uh, Redacted. I spoke to you yesterday. I, I, I'm sorry I was a bit insensitive, but it's really important that I talk to you. Um, it's uh, concerning Yithian culture. Also wanted to talk about Sahelanthropus chedensis. Oh, okay. Um, did you want to do it over the phone? Did you want to meet in person? I have office hours. I'm in Northern California. It's uh, not very convenient for me to get down there. Uh, if over the phone would be preferred, if that's all right with you. I have some time. So you're talking about that library? Yes, that library. I don't know much other than it is a repository of information of amazing standards. And apparently your father was involved with it uh, fairly extensively. Yes. My father went and worked there when he was young. He was pulled there, if you will. He was a member of the Lamplighters. I don't know if you know anything about the Lamplighters. Uh, very little beyond the name. It's a way for the Chroniclers. Let's just call them the Chroniclers. It's for them to find ones that are attuned to their frequency, if you will. And then as they go through being a lamplighter, then they are, then they become a uh, path, path. Mm, I don't remember what the bottom one is called, but the middle one are the humble ones. And then the shining ones are the top of the leaders. It's an academy of, uh, of sorts. They study all sorts of things and, and copy things. And it's a rare few that get taken to the library or allowed access into the library. Do you have any idea why, how someone might be uh, thrown out of the library or banned from returning? Normally it's theft of knowledge or destruction, though generally with destruction, it also leads into other destruction, if that makes sense. I tried to study the Ithian culture as best I can, but I'm only working from some secondhand knowledge. Very few are first-hand, uh, first-hand accounts. I have to confess, I, I don't actually know anything about Yithian culture. I've only... I was told that the name means something to you. It does. It does. But if you know anything about the library or about these things, then you know more about the Yithian culture than you realize. You know more than nearly everyone else on this blue marble. Oh, I know more than I want to know, but at the same time, I probably don't know as much as I need to know. I try to understand their concept of time, but I, I must admit I do not understand it. I am not wired that way. I suppose the, the real reason I want to talk to you is that uh, a friend of mine has gotten pulled into their influence, let us say. 
and I'm, I'm worried about him. Mm. Well, I... In what way? Has he visited the library, and has he returned not seeming the same? Uh, yes, to both. There is a possibility, mind you, just a possibility, that they are not themselves, and that they still remain in the library, and one of the chroniclers is riding along in their corporal sense. Is there any way to verify that? The chroniclers possess knowledge of everyone's history, so it is very difficult to ascertain if, if one is currently writing them or not. I would hazard a guess that if you were to ask an emotional question and not a objective question, that their response may be indicative of their state. But they are intelligent. They are well, well learned. They have learned proper responses. I worry that you may not be able to find it. Find the way. Well, and the other question is, is there any way to remove someone from their influence or help them escape? There is a, a sub-status within their culture called rogues. Rogues have been exiled, excommunicated, if you will. Generally, those of that nature are left to uh, their own devices as they are almost considered unclean in a fashion of the caste. But this is just my understanding. I could be wrong. Um, and how does one become a rogue? Ah, uh, that I'm not entirely sure. Hello, Mr. Redacted. Yes. Hello. Hello. I'm here. Hello. Damn it. Hello? And the call ends. Well then, some things are becoming slightly less confusing. But I... I guess, uh... Next I talk to Mr. Clopper. You hop in your car and head to wine country in Sonoma County. You're able to find the small vineyard that he mentioned. You see that there is a chateau-like building with a parking lot for tasting tours. There's also a restaurant here. Um, it looks as though that there's even some on-property housing, like uh, almost like a small resort, if you will. You look around, and your vehicle is probably the value of one of the wheels of the least expensive vehicle in this parking lot. You almost feel as though that you got your credit ran before you were able to pull into the parking lot. Now that can't be. They let me in. When you arrive, this building is made of reclaimed redwood. And the smell of the grapes and the smell of just fresh greenery is all around. And the hint of wine is on the undercurrent of the wind. A maitre d' opens up the door, dressed in jacket and tails. Hello, sir. Do you have reservations? I'm meeting Mr. Clopper. Yes, very well. Please come with me. He walks you into this restaurant dining area. The lights are low, but you still get a lot of natural light coming in. You pass by the kitchen and you catch a, a whiff of fine food being prepared. You're taken to a window seat. 
you see that there's a man with a uh, open colored white shirt, a bushy beard and curly black hair drawn back into a, uh, a ponytail with glasses on. Uh, he stands, he's average height, but definitely cuts a impressive physique, puts out his hand, Mr. Little. Ah, pleased to meet you. Please have a seat. Any motions for you to sit down? Yes, I will sit. I, I recommend there 2002. And he speaks to the, the waiter and the waiter heads off. You are a very intriguing man. I think the same of you. I'm happy to speak with you about uh, Mr. Castillo. Mr. Castillo seems to be doing well. Uh, we received a update and a report. Uh, we expect him to be discharged in the next few days. That's good news. Man leans forward, tenses fingers underneath his chin. I want to know more. As do what? About you. Oh. Well, you must understand that uh, I am acting in a completely unofficial capacity. Not even an unofficial official capacity, if you get my word. You might say I'm a bit of a rogue. Well, a dashing rogue at that. But are you cultured and educated? Well, more educated than cultured, but uh, I do my best. The server comes by with a wine glass and pours a small amount of wine into the glass and puts the bottle down. The bottle has a small white plain label on it. You think that the small white label might just be so pretentious because it is so goddamn expensive. Not many people ask about the things that you've asked about. Not many people know to ask about them. But I'm not the only one. My question to you. What do you know about Operation Tarquin? I'm Seth Jones, and I play River. I'm Dan Voshkevich, the Handler. Our story is based upon the role-playing game Delta Green by Art Dreams Publishing. Delta Green is created by Dennis Detweiler, Adam Scott Glancy, and John Scott Tynes. Back in Bedlam is an original story created by me, Dan Voshkevich, with assistance from Seth Jones. If you like our story, there are a few ways you can support us. First, you can check out our Patreon page, www.patreon.com slash theredactedreports. Patrons of our podcast will receive early access to episodes, Rowan's written reports for each story, as well as other goodies and opportunities exclusive to our patrons. We offer special thanks to our $20 and up patrons, Stephen Schwartz, Director Ryo, Jonathan Powell, Tom Padula, M.S. Aznakar, Heather Ney, Jen Obertaz, Jake Blair, Bomb Clancy, Kit Thompson, Danny, Lady Bedeville, Sherrick Manning, Red Dead Coquette, Blardemus, Ginger Fury, Dr. Christian Lehman, Kate, DB, Eli the Kraut, Mickey Maki, Robbie Nowell, and the entity some have called... George, if you can't support us directly, that's okay. Please support us by telling people about us. Leave a review wherever you get your podcast and follow us on all the usual social media sites. Also, check out our website, www.theredactedreports.com. All of our handouts are archived there. And if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can reach out to Agent Harker through the contact form there. The Redacted Reports is edited and produced by Tiana Hansen and is distributed by Quest and Chaos. If you like what you hear with us, please give Quest and Chaos YouTube and Twitch channels a visit. They play Dungeons & Dragons and Call of Cthulhu on a weekly basis. Join us next week 
because a single inky black wing propels a hunter through the darkness of night and eyes, way too many eyes, peer at us from the abyss, waiting for us to let down our guards so they can consume our puny existence and subjugate the remainder of us in the name of the old gods.